How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. Frank, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing pretty well, Eric. Um, I've had a very, I had a very adult day. My uh, my house was overrun by people installing hardwood flooring, which you can tell I'm old because I do stuff like deal with people putting in hardwood flooring, and I had a plumber come and deal with stuff. It's just man. Being old is just annoying. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, but I actually, we didn't we didn't talk about this before we came on. But um, we never really talk about pop culture very much. But I was glad to hear it. It, it is August, so I feel like if ever we're going to kill some time with random stuff, I was glad that you made it out to the movies last night. We talked about recording last night, and you had something better to do. I feel like which I supported. Yeah, I went to go see Atomic Blonde, and if I'm being totally honest, I saw trailers for it. And I wasn't 100% sure. Like, this is kind of a dead time for movies. So, like, you know you're probably going to go see, like, a summer blockbuster, maybe a superhero movie, something like that. Uh, maybe a Marvel. So, like, you're gonna, you'll go see a movie, but it's going to be, like, a summer blockbuster movie and not maybe something a little bit more, like, unique, original. Um, and I saw the trailers for Atomic Blonde, and I was like, eh, Charlize Theron's kind of a badass. Like, that's cool. That was cool when she did it in Mad Max. Like, eh. Maybe I'll go see it. And I was totally on the fence. And then I saw your tweet. And then I think you saw it, what, two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? I don't know. Yeah, and, I saw it opening weekend, yeah. And since then, I was like, you know what? Okay, I should go see Atomic Blonde. And yeah, it was fun as hell. I had a great time. Yeah, I mean, I think the the plot is, like, you know, confusing enough that, like, if you want to complain about the plot not being clear enough or something like that, like, whatever, you can do that. Um, but I thought just... The first off, the soundtrack, awesome soundtrack. Um, again, I'm old, so I like like 80s new wave synth pop type stuff. But I mean, there's just a ton in there. I mean, there's David Bowie. It starts with New Order, a guy being yep. chased to, to Blue Monday by New Order. So that was just like I was just like, all right, I'm gonna enjoy this. <laughs> and then, um, and then yeah, I just thought like just the action scenes. It was just very like gritty and just like brawling. Like I, I mean, I don't want us to spoil anything, but the these there is a staircase fight scene oh, that is i want to say it, it comes off as one shot um basically and, it, and apparently it wasn't it wasn't actually one continuous shot but it was i mean yeah it does come it, off that way 
it it is impressive and it's like eight minutes long and it's just and a I was brawl. Say, also i believe the director is the same as uh john wick so yes. if you enjoy john wick then like, you can kind of understand that the same badassery except a uh, female protagonist like that's what you're getting in that movie and yeah i was gonna say also i saw baby driver this summer i don't know if you saw that at all i did i did i enjoyed it and it's the same kind of thing where like it's just insane action spliced in between like a really cool soundtrack and i like i don't know who decided that movies should start to do that but i'm very excited about movies like like if summer movies are just awesome soundtracks with awesome action like i'm totally in that's all i need like i <laughs> like i'm not expecting i'm not expecting any award-winning films in the summer like i'm just expecting to go into like the ac of a movie theater chill out for two hours and just watch badass stuff and that's exactly what both those movies gave me yeah and i think the the story was um there were two guys who actually directed the first john wick movie and i think i read that um they wanted to do this movie but then john wick 2 was being made so they just split up and they one of them directed john wick 2 and the other one directed this one but they they worked together i think on on setting up so anyway we talked a lot about we've talked we haven't even talked about basketball yet. I I've, I feel like I'm glad we've indulged our non basketball side, um, but there was actually some basketball news. And Eric, I am not a liar. Last time we podcasted, I said that by the time we were <laughs> podcasting the next time, we probably would have a schedule and we talk about that. And then I gave us a 30 second preview of the schedule um, where I was just a smart ass. But um, but now we actually are going to do a proper discussion of the schedule which features um i, I don't know i mean not, not again it's a schedule it's a balanced schedule it always i mean it's the nba right there's I, there, there are f- fewer scheduling surprises in the nba than i don't know probably any other sport just because again it's a pretty balanced schedule um but the milwaukee bucks will be taking uh, a much more uh They'll be taking center stage much more often than we're used to. We've been used to seeing them take center stage, and uh, and that's pretty cool. And um, also, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff out there that I've been trying to catch up on as far as when their hard months and easier months, easier months are, how it starts, how it ends. Um, feels kind of different from last year, but um, lots to sink our teeth into. And uh, you know, any anything to remind us that basketball is not that far away is a good thing. All right, let's start with national TV. Last last year they had nine national TV games, um, and actually, so I ran a poll today, which I kind of like to do, like see where Bucks fans' head is at, like where the collective head is at or their heads are at i'm not really sure uh how i want to try to subjugate that one um so taking a look at it i put out uh just a poll and the biggest option was 16 plus national tv games and that's what i thought was the most obvious outcome like that was what i i totally believed the bucks would get just because of Giannis's Giannis's stardom and kind of them going to the next level and i was surprised that not many people voted like it was like five percent of people thought it would be that many um so i i guess i kind of want to ask you are you surprised that there's 18 national tv games because to me it seemed like the obvious outcome that when you put all those things together Giannis being top five in just about any mvp thing that comes out whether those are vegas odds whether that's espn's forecasting models like whatever it may be I just feel like if you have a top five MVP guy, you're going to get a lot of national TV games. And 
again, maybe this isn't upper echelon national TV games, but you were definitely going to have more than nine last year, um, and you see it double to 18 this year. Were you surprised by that? Um, I don't know if I was surprised. I'm trying to look up to see. I think I, I, I voted, and I'm trying to see. Let's see. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks will have blank. Um, I voted. Oh, I only voted 13 to 15, so I undershot it. Um, although, you know, I, I'm going to complain that you made it seem like it was crazy to vote for 16 plus just by the way you've structured your your choices. So I'm just going to claim that I'm a sheep because honestly, like I, if you asked me how many they had last year, I I wouldn't have been able to tell you. Um, but it was the tweet before it was in a little thread. All you had to do is go up and like the tweet before it says nine. Yeah, but you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. But uh, no, I mean, it, it, it's cool. But I mean, by the same token, it's like Philly. Does Philly have like five more national TV games? In the I mean, yes. You know, I mean, I, I think if you look at where they are in the kind of grand scheme of things, where I, I forget where they were. Are they like 10th or something? Something they're not. I mean, they're obviously 13th. still not one of the 13th. Yes. I mean, they're still like just a little above average in terms of national TV appearances. So it's not like, you know, the Bucks are suddenly in that rarefied air of, you know, on TV with the, you know, the Warriors and, um, and, uh, Cavs and, and they're in that mix. Obviously they're, they're not, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, upward trend is clear and, and for good reason. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, this is always where I remind people that whenever the bucks are on TV and then my mentions are just littered with people complaining about, <laughs> uh, national TV broadcasters not following the box and not why can't they say it to Kumbo? Why don't they know that yeah. Jabari Parker has done this? Yeah. Well, yeah, agreed. Yeah, so I don't. I mean, look, I have NBA League Pass. I'm, I'm obviously people's people know. I I don't live in Wisconsin. I see every game anyway. Um, you know, if you're if you're living, uh, you know, in California and you don't have League Pass. Then yeah, I mean, for the casual expat Bucks fan, it's it's obviously huge. I don't know how many people like that there are um but obviously if you live in wisconsin or or you're a league pass viewer like me then it's not really going to change the the number of games that you're actually going to be able to watch um but it does obviously kind of create a different level of energy around the team knowing that there's a national tv game and um obviously the fact that there's one for the home opener you know as we discussed last week starting starting the season off at home um granted they're not the first game isn't at home but um but the first home game against Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James on a Friday night um, on I think is is ESPN is that the first game um, I think it's yep. ESPN um, that that's just cool and and again you know it it again you you want your players to bring the same you know hundred percent level of energy and uh, you know just just I don't know I mean that 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 extra that extra bit you want that no matter what what time or where you're playing or what channel it's on but. You know, as you said, I mean, Giannis seems to get up for these games. I think a lot of guys just something about it. They just seem to get up for for these games, and um, and so uh, hopefully it'll be something that that the Bucks can can again use use in their favor. And and uh, again, they're they're still going to be a team that's obviously trying to to prove themselves this year. And um, you hope that they can certainly make their make their case on national TV. I don't if if they can become the you know the TNT Bulls, maybe the ESPN Bucks, if that could be a thing. Um, the Bulls never lose on TNT for some reason. Maybe the Bucks can be the team that doesn't lose on, you know, ESPN or MBTV or eh, TNT. Just don't lose on national TV. Because I remember, <laughs> I remember when they, I remember back like during the Brandon Jennings days when it was like, oh, the Bucks got two games on ESPN this year, and, they and then it would killed. be like, yeah, it would be like a road game, you know, in Oklahoma City against Durant and Westbrook or something like that, and they just got murdered. And it's just like, this isn't, uh, no, I don't, no, don't, don't just 
have them be sacrificial lambs. But uh, but yeah, bucks no longer just sacrificial lambs, which is nice. All right. Uh, up next, I think, in the things about the schedule that matter is kind of strength of schedule. And friend of the pod, who we did for, I believe Jared still hosts Locked on Knicks, but we did yep. a crossover pod with him uh, earlier this year, Jared Dubin from Locked on Knicks. Uh, compiled all the strength of schedule for each team, um, and that's based on the 2016-17 winning percentage of those teams and the Pythagorean expectation for those teams. Um, so he, he puts that together every year, and then we're going to get into even more depth about all the things that he put in there. But uh, the first thing is just based on everything, the Bucks 24th, in strength of schedule this year. So that means they have uh, the seventh easiest schedule, or no, six easy. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, seventh. Man, I'm bad at numbers. Uh, <laughs> the, the seventh easiest schedule uh, this upcoming season. And again, uh, just some, some things to think about here. Uh, the general difference in, I think, wins or kind of when you put, a, put it all on average, like the wins per game that you're playing is, if you want to think about that, um, Jared said it's about two from easiest to hardest so it's not huge um but it's still something to kind of think about um and then obviously also another caveat is well maybe a team's going to get much better this year um so it's not obviously the cleanest measurement but it's it's a starting point so seventh easiest schedule for the bucks this year um and even more interesting than that uh he did strength of schedule by month and i think this might be something where um this could actually help the bucks uh jared has the bucks ranked as having the 11th most difficult schedule in October slash November, then the 15th most difficult in December, the 19th most difficult in January, the 28th most diff- difficult in February, the 11th most difficult difficult in March, and the 30th most difficult in April. So the easiest April schedule um, and one of the easiest February schedules, obviously those are the two shortest months of the year, um, just as in, including the All-Star break in February, even shorter um so maybe not super significant but the only team in the league that doesn't have at least one month that is top 10 in strength of schedule so it seems like a relatively easy slate for the bucks which again it's only a a little bit easier than other teams but still that that should that should be a good thing for the Bucks. It shouldn't be a bad thing for them. Yeah, I mean, and if, if I dial back um, in my memory banks, uh, I feel like a year ago when we were talking about the schedule, the big conversation was, man, the Bucks need to start start fast because they had a really home heavy start to the year, um, and and they, you know, it felt like, man, there's a young team. They need to kind of get off to a good start. Uh, then that narrative kind of changed a bit when Chris Middleton get hurt, gets hurt. Then it's, man, can they use all those home games to sort of just survive um, the first couple of months of the season? And um, this year, it's it's interesting because there's a lot of home games um, to start the year. Uh, but there's also a lot of good teams that they're facing, especially early on, starting in Boston and having uh, a home game against the Cavs. I think they get the Blazers on a back-to-back thereafter. And I think they get the, the Celtics, I think, also in the first like week or two of the season again. Um but then the end of the season, unlike last year, which 
you know, ironically, that that big road trip, that all year long, that West Coast road trip that everybody's worried about for much of the year, um, ended up being kind of a galvanizing trip for them a year ago where yeah. they how they crazy were, is that? Yeah, they were able to, you know, actually really hold it together and and win a bunch of games, win a bunch of close games as we've as we've noted on numerous occasions, not necessarily I don't know if they were actually playing their best basketball of the year, but they were certainly winning their highest percentage of basketball games um of any time of the year uh, late in the season and um you know really it was it was that that fast finish um rather than a, a hot start that um that propelled them granted they they started pretty well as well it was really that middle part of the season the january calendar that that really did them in almost um where it seemed like man this this team might just not you know might be not be able to hang on but um but yeah interesting this year you look at the end of the season the end of the season looks a lot softer um but also worth noting too i mean the end of the season is a weird time, you know, just because you never know, especially that last week. I think you pointed out the last week is, you know, just a bunch of, you know, bad teams, basically. Brooklyn, um, or, New York, Orlando, Philly. Yeah. So, I mean, winnable games, right? And I, and I don't want to say just sort of bad teams, but, you know, Brooklyn, obviously, you always want to beat. Um, but, again, very winnable games if the Bucks are, again, battling for playoff positioning in the last couple weeks of the season. You'd say, well, that, that's good. That's a good schedule to have. But, again, I mean – Brooklyn is maybe going to be fighting as as hard as anybody because they're they don't have they you know they they don't have an incentive to to tank or anything like that. Um, I mean Orlando, who, who knows? Maybe Orlando is in the playoff race. You know we we don't know. And then you also that have, you would know, be something. Yeah, and the Sixers obviously as well. If yeah, they can stay sure. healthy, if Embiid can stay healthy, um, you know, not necessarily just just push over games and. You know, again, on the flip side, you know, you you could you know if you play the Cavaliers in the last week of the season. That might actually be a really good thing because maybe the Cavs are just going to be resting guys. So, um, you know, always tough to kind of uh, pencil in wins and losses uh, on the calendar at this time of year. But uh, nevertheless, always interesting to kind of look at it and, and start to kind of construct your narratives around uh, what has to happen for the Bucks. And um, I guess I guess the thing I, not, not to jump around too much, but I guess one of the things we don't know is we don't know yet where the Mecca game is. Right. That's still a TBD. Um, Correct. So, and I assume that will be quite the announcement when it occurs. Yeah, and hopefully that game. I mean, that would be awesome. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know why it would be tied to a national TV game, but that would be pretty sweet if that game was on national TV with uh, Bucks and hopefully their their opponents wearing some old school jerseys, playing. Hopefully, knock on hardwood, the old Mecca Robert Indiana floor. That would be awesome. But um, I guess we'll have to wait a little bit longer. We'll have to wait a little bit longer to see what specific jerseys they'll be wearing uh, and also what date that'll be. But um, that that's definitely the game on, on the calendar. Them. When I, when I, whenever we get to the point of knowing actually when it is, I will circle, circle it on the calendar. Uh, but for now, I, I will have to wait. Yeah. I'd, just looking at things, uh, and I remember when we were looking at jerseys, what we were thinking that might be the last one that gets announced. Um, I'm trying to think of what the dates were um, as far as when that would happen. But I think there was one uh, jersey that was a little bit later, and I kind of assumed that'll be like the last jersey that they announced, the last uh, kind of game that they announce, and kind of try to make that a, a big thing heading into uh, the 50th anniversary and the final season in the Bradley Center. So I would assume that'll kind of be the place. But yeah, there, that would be pretty cool um, if that was on national TV both teams in in throwback jerseys uh looking at you know looking at some some dates there's february 27th uh they're on tnt that's a tuesday 
versus uh, the Washington Wizards. I wouldn't mind seeing some Bullets jerseys. That'd be kind of cool. Um, Sunday, March 4th against uh, the 76ers. Uh, that would also be on national TV. That's an ESPN game. Strangely enough, a, a Sunday night ESPN game. Um, that's a little peculiar. Maybe that's the day. I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I guess we can just kind of needlessly speculate until that moment. But uh, that'll be one to watch for sure. Um, any other things on uh, the schedule? I I was going to say, I thought it was interesting that they have a matinee game on MLK Day uh, against the Wizards, and that's January 15th, and somehow that's not a national TV game. I would have assumed you're not going to find a much better matchup on MLK Day um, than Wizards Bucks. Like, if things fall the way it should, like that, that's two certainly probably top five teams in the East, maybe two of the top four teams in the East. I would have thought that was an easy one to pencil in for uh, a matinee plus MLK day that I would have assumed that was just a, a, a given national TV day. Yeah. And I, I, it's funny. I think back to when I was growing up and coming home from school, uh, cause we didn't have MLK day off um, coming home from school and actually having basketball games going on and being like, Oh wow, basketball games are on. But um, a lot of times there wasn't, wasn't anything necessarily that I could even watch. Um, so uh, definitely a nice treat to uh, to have a game, even if um, you know, for those of us working stiffs, not necessarily always ideal if if you don't get that day off. But um, I have had that day off the last couple of years, so um, so definitely a a nice little uh, nice little treat for for a matinee. And as you said, I mean, I, I think Washington, D, the D, you know, DC, just because of the significance, um, it it does seem like DC has always had an MLK Day game. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it feels like that's a kind of, that's the kind of team that you would expect to get a little more, more run. Um, but, uh, but I don't know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I'm trying to think if there's anything else really notable. Um, I, I will say this, I think maybe the Bucks got a little bit of bad luck in terms of, uh, you know, every year you don't play every Eastern team four times. There are four that you play three times. Um, and among the Bucks, uh, among the teams the Bucks only get three times are the uh, Heat and Nets, who you would obviously look at as teams that are not uh, going to be terribly strong. Um, so a couple of potential wins, easy wins uh, that uh, that you're not going to get this year. Um, obviously, you know you'll you'll have to try to get them against two other teams. But um, but as I looked at that and I thought mm, that that might be you know that could swing you a win um, given given you'd expect to win those two games. I think they um, I think both those teams you're missing one road game. I want to say I think you get both those teams at home twice. So um, so that was the only kind of only other thing that that I noticed. And in general, theme for uh, the league fewer back to backs. Um, I think what the Bucks have. 15, I want to say, and the average is 14 or something like that. Um, down a few from from a year ago. The league um, has totally eliminated four games and five nights, which is impressive. Because um, I saw that the Bucks didn't have one, and then I was curious, and Sam Amick tweeted it out that no more four games and five nights, which is something 
Uh, I mean, I was reading Tim Reynolds from the AP, his story about four games in five nights, and that was something Larry Bird was complaining about. Um, so the NBA has been aware of the problem and working on it for years, and now that they got an extra week uh, to use, they they were kind of able to, to get rid of it, um, which is huge. Uh, that's been... If you're if you're if you've been trying to figure out days where you've seen guys on national TV get rested, well, if it was a if it was a four games and five nights kind of thing, and it was that last night, yeah, they were probably going to get rested. Um, so it, it's good to see that those are, are no longer on the schedule. Yeah, and I mean it's kind of interesting. I mean, if if you if you were told that the the NBA calendar could move back another week, cut out another preseason game. And the league would just stretch out even further from, let's say, you know, October 10th or something like that uh, through through the current you know, mid April. I mean, is there is there any reason you wouldn't want that? I don't do know. I mean, now. just do it. Just now. Give me give me. I mean, people complain about the pl- the season being so long and, you know, the playoffs being really long. I, I'm a basketball fan, man. I'm I'm okay with it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm never going to complain it. about more NBA basketball. I mean, if you're if you're if you're giving me a chance to start the season a little bit earlier to to get my my basketball Jones a little bit earlier, um, I'm I'm going to be all for that. So so yeah, I uh, I would have no problem if they moved it up even further. Um, but I guess we'll see if uh, well, what happens with that. But obviously, um, seemed like kind of a no brainer uh, with all the talk about you know stars resting and too many back to backs. Um, you know, it seemed like kind of a no-brainer to move the the calendar up by one week. Um, although part of it is just kind of you know the the um, All-Star break being lengthened um, recently. That obviously took away some time in the middle of the season, um, so it kind of comp- recompressed things a little bit. So, so yeah, I don't know. Just just give us more basketball sooner. That you know we don't need as many preseason games. It's fine. Um, just uh, just do that. You know, maybe the owners give up a little bit of cash. For those early preseason games, but I don't know. I mean, the, I mean, how much money are our owners making off of preseason games? I, I don't. I, I can't assume it's that much. Um, but uh, anyway, I was gonna we'll say, don't it. don't most teams try to do like the spread the brand kind of games where yeah. they'll play somewhere else? Like the Wolves will play in like Iowa, and I don't know. I always feel like. Those are. I, I'm just going to see weird venues for preseason games. So maybe that's why those are valuable. But again, I don't know how valuable those seem. Um, I think if I looked at the schedule correctly, the most road games in a row for the Bucks is four. Yeah. Um, and they do that multiple times throughout the year. Um, there's one in. February, where they go Brooklyn, New York, Miami, Orlando. There was another one in November, where they go Phoenix, Utah, Sacramento, Portland. And then there's another one at the start of November, where they go Charlotte, Detroit, Cleveland, San Antonio, um, which kind of hops around a little bit, but going Cleveland, San Antonio, back, not back to back, but two games in a row on the road that's pretty brutal um but again that that's pretty good as far as as road trips go november's kind of a brutal month and that you play i believe nine games on the road and just four at home so that's kind of a light month for road home kind of looks but other than that i, I think it's relatively balanced like we i didn't immediately look at this and just circle uh, 
anything like I did last year where it was kind of that insane road trip stretch. Yeah, I, I think, again, that's one of the nice upsides of uh, of having that little bit of extra breathing room in the schedule is uh, and, and everybody being so worried about uh, about resting guys more and, and everything else. Uh, I think the message has been sent. So I guess we'll see what what happens this year. Um, any other thoughts on schedule or. Um, maybe we can get a little bit of Giannis talk here at the end. Um, you you actually watched Giannis Adetokounmpo play basketball uh, in the last few days. Uh, so I feel like we have to talk a little bit about that. And then, of course, um, unfortunately, he's now not playing again. He's he's in China. Um, and and we can maybe talk a little bit more about the, the knee injury we talked about a week ago. Um, but uh, any other schedule odds and ends before we talk about that? I don't think so. I think we, we got pretty much everything I wanted to get. All right. So you you did God's work last week. You uh, not only watched Giannis play against uh, the uh, Montenegro national team in a, a Eurobasket tune-up, but uh, you also tweeted out videos and uh, generally gave – a Bucks Nation starving for Giannis highlights, uh, a little bit of that sweet, sweet Giannis highlight sugar. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, any any thoughts on uh, Giannis, how he looked, uh, what it's like watching international basketball? Uh, I don't know. What were your takeaways from that game? He he had some very nice numbers. Came off the bench, what, scored 20 points, got it to the line a ton, nine rebounds, I think a block or two something like that so uh Giannis putting up serious numbers in pretty limited minutes and generally looking like you kind of would expect Giannis to look like I guess right yeah pretty much uh 20 points 10 rebounds I think three assists and one insane ludicrous Giannis chase down block um which was which was really good to see especially with uh some of the I don't even want to say concerns, but just with him sitting uh, a little time with that knee and stuff, that was nice to see. Uh, But yeah, I don't know. It was kind of weird because he had sat those games previously. So uh, I think Greece had some kind of other lineups that they were using and other combinations that they wanted to use. So he entered the game kind of late. And then, um, I don't know, it's kind of interesting to watch him in these situations just because um, I know I had a couple people on twitter like oh does he look any bigger what does his shot look like like what is and it's like well he's just playing one game um so i I can't really tell any of those things and like is he bigger is he stronger well i don't know he's playing montenegro um they have i think vucevic is on the team and trying to think if there's another nba dude on that roster um, I might be forgetting, but either way, like it's not against NBA town. So it's, it's tough to, to kind of get a feel for any of that. Um, but at, at times throughout the game, it looked very easy for Giannis, just kind of getting wherever he wanted off the dribble, um, being able to turn the corner on guys. And then just the, I guess the, the things that appeared to be, the highlights people were most excited about uh, was there was a post up for Giannis. The Greece team in the first half tried to post him up quite a bit, and there was a baseline turnaround fadeaway jumper, which looked smooth, good, easy. Um, and I, I think that's a shot that it, as Giannis continues to improve, if he can 
one, post up and get position on NBA guys and then be strong enough to fade away under control and hit that shot. I, I think that becomes really tough for him. Um, there was another one where he hits a step-back jumper after they had him come off a couple screens on an Iverson cut, uh, and that was exciting as well. Step-back jumper, looked smooth, looked good. Um, and then, uh, you need to you need to explain what an Iverson cut is because I, I I really like I wouldn't have known what that was um, until unless I saw it and then I was like oh okay I think I I get that. Uh, so an Iverson cut would be uh, where you'd have a player start on let's say the left side of the floor and then you're going to have two bigs or two other players on each of the elbows and then what essentially what you do is you bring him from the left side of the floor up the floor and then across near the elbows and both of those guys will screen for him and then your point guard will dribble the ball over to him and then throw where either he can turn the corner right away or he can reverse pivot in and attack that way um so with i and again it's called the iverson cut because if you think back to watching and if you watched it i'm so sorry for you um but if you watched a lot of sixers basketball in in the early 2000s when iverson was there this was a way that they got iverson the ball um and essentially just kind of let him isolate so uh with Giannis, it's something it's an action i the bucks ran it for jabari a couple times last year um and it was generally a pretty nice setup for jabari i don't think i saw him run it for Giannis last year i'm generally pretty curious about it so it it could be something that uh the bucks could use um so it it was just something that kind of allows him to put a defender behind him and allow him to turn the corner and make it a little bit easier so again good to see him attacking off that second half they went to elbow get which i've written about talked about where that's just like a four or five pick and roll at the elbow uh they went to that and Giannis got to make some plays there and then the end of the third quarter was just transition Giannis, wonderful great awesomeness where uh they got a couple steals nick lathis made a couple nice passes and got Giannis for easy finishes uh and then let's see what else big block um from Giannis and then on the very next play they overplayed that Iverson cut and if you overplay an Iverson cut with no one on the, no one on the backside you throw it over the top and you get dunked on and Giannis is good at dunking on people um so that was pretty cool um again I don't really know what I learned other than I'm very happy that I got to watch Giannis actually play organized basketball again um it had been a while so that was nice to see and I guess we'll just kind of see where it goes from there. But, yeah, I'm, Giannis playing basketball is back. If you want to check it out, it's on my Twitter. Um, just go into my media, and it should be on my videos, and you should be able to kind of watch any of those highlights I just walked you through. Yeah, and Giannis, uh, the next day they had a, a back-to-back. Giannis doesn't play. I was asked, talking to some of our Greek friends because, you know, it's nice when, when anything happens. A lot of times uh, we have Greek Bucks fans, Greek Giannis fans who will tweet at us what's going on. Um, and uh, and I forget the name, who, who it was. I appreciate whoever did it. Uh, gave me a heads up that Giannis was sitting out due to a sore knee. I, I couldn't, I wasn't exactly sure if it was, it was a little unclear to me whether it was, you know, something where it was kind of a planned thing um, or, or what. I mean, obviously if a guy's coming off a sore knee and you have back-to-back, you know, exhibition games i don't know why you'd bother playing him in the second of those um 
but in either way, there was the, you know, the, the idea that it was potentially due in some part, whether it was, you know, uh, uh, planned in advance or whether something happened and he was feeling a little tight or a little sore after uh, the first game, but he did not play in game two. They got killed by uh, Serbia. And uh, apparently now Giannis is on a, I guess, basically like a sponsor related uh, trip to China uh, for where he'll be away from the Greek team for, I don't know, it was a week or two or something like that. So um, he'll miss a couple exhibition games and then rejoin the team again. I believe September 2nd is the first game of Eurobasket for Greece. So uh, obviously that's still uh, a little over two weeks away. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I guess when you're a star, you know, you're Giannis, uh, you can just sort of leave and uh, given, given he's been potentially nursing a sore knee a little bit too, maybe that's not a bad thing. And, also um, talking to some of our Greek friends, I don't know how happy Greek basketball is about that. Like, yeah, probably not. Like but, just like you know, yeah, you know, he's a star. Like yeah, we like it, but also we're a tradition-rich program. So I don't know. I, I'm always very curious. Again, obviously, I'm not there to watch any of these games. I'm not there in person. I can't really see how his teammates react to him, how coaches react to him, how they want to use him. I can't ask the coach questions, anything like that. So I don't really know. But uh, I do always think these things are curious. With when you have a star that's in the NBA and maybe it's a country that doesn't have a ton of stars, are they just totally cool with him coming and going as he pleases and making him the man when he's around? Or do they are they very much worried about their system and how much how much they've put into that and how well their team works together? Like I don't know. It's always just an interesting thing, I think. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, uh, the... the problem slash the good part about these international teams is that they obviously don't spend that much time together so um by definition either that makes all these games that Giannis is going to miss that much more important to not miss or um you know you could argue well you know you're it's he's just going to show up and it's not that different from showing up otherwise so I, I don't know I mean we'll see it's a new coach um and and it's obviously sort of a transitionary time for for Greek basketball with Giannis now becoming kind of the clear the clear guy. So um, I guess we'll see. I know I think I read that Jokic uh, was not playing for Serbia this year. So it sounds like the Gasols are playing for Spain again. So I, I don't know. It'll be an interesting time at Eurobasket to see which teams are 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 going to be you know competing there at the end and and whether you know again Giannis. On paper, I mean, who's a better player in in the grand scheme of basketball than Giannis, uh, who's going to be in that tournament? I'm not, I'm not sure there is anybody now. You can argue Giannis's skills maybe aren't as well suited towards international basketball. Um, that's certainly, I think, a valid argument, especially the way, you know, European uh, international play tends to not be as up and down, not have as much space. Um, guys just take fouls rather than allowing uh, open court basketball. But uh, man, that know. that. That That's was, the worst part about oh it. Oh my god! There, there was so many times during that game where I was like, "Oh my god, this is a three and two break." Giannis is going to throw it. Oh no! Transition foul. <sighs> Dang it! I really wanted to see how Giannis was going to dunk on someone or the alley oop that was going to get thrown. Um, so yeah, that that was a that was a quick reminder to me that international basketball is not played like NBA basketball. Only other bit of Giannis news. So well, I guess uh, tying out that Euro hoops reported that. Uh, the Bucks were also going to have someone from, I guess, their training staff, or I don't know, they, I think they referred to it as a doctor, but it might just be training staff, uh, actually be with Giannis in China or check Giannis out in China while he's on this trip. Um, 
the way I first read that was like they were sending him to China to meet with a Bucks doctor. I was like, wait, what? Why? I was why thinking going to China. Agreed, exact same way. I read it that way. I was yeah. like, that doesn't make any sense. Is there some weird ginseng Eastern medicine they're going to be providing? That would be scary. Does Kobe have no, a doctor there? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. No, Germany, man. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it appears just sort of coincidental. So, so I don't know. I mean, and obviously uh, Giannis has often been joined by. Uh, the likes of Sean Sweeney or Suki Hobson to help him, um, you know, train and practice while he's been traveling uh, over the past few summers. So uh, I, I guess we'll see, right, with uh, w- what the plan is here. It's not entirely clear what what that might entail. But um, either way, it does not appear that Giannis is going to China for some strange procedure. <laughs> it uh, it appears he's just going for some sort of promotional stuff. And speaking of that, um, one of the main reasons that NBA players do go to China and do these tours of the Far East is, is oftentimes related to uh, their shoe deals or their sponsors want them to go and, and build their hashtag brand uh, out East, uh, Far East, as it were. And there was a story today from Nick DePaula. Is it Nick DePaula? Is that the guy who's like all Correct. he does is write about s- s- shoes and sneakers and stuff? interesting niche to have um but uh but yeah he wrote that uh, about Giannis and him being this intriguing uh sneaker free agent and how he appears likely to um be headed towards a top 10 uh highest paid uh one of the top 10 highest paid sneaker deals in the league and that his deal would start at at roughly 7 million per year which apparently the bar was set by Kristaps Porzingis possibly up to 10 million per year um and uh, I think there was a mention that that Under Armour and Adidas have uh, made overtures, but uh, I think he noted that Nike has a uh, right to match uh, clause as as Giannis's current sneaker of choice. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Obviously, it'd be cool if Giannis can can uh, land himself a big sneaker deal and uh, continue to get paid and uh, raise his profile a bit. And you know, uh, it was mentioned in the article, but sort of reiterate the idea that you don't have to be in a huge market to be a big star in the NBA and get paid by sponsors, including, uh, you know, getting one of these big shoe deals. It was kind of interesting uh, just reading some of the things that they wrote about Giannis and uh, what he does. And it's fun. I, again, I've, I've told people this before that I'm not great at shoes and I'm always trying to get better at it, but I don't really work all that hard to get better at it, if that makes any sense. Like, I understand that I'm always going to have people tweeting at me asking what shoes people are wearing. Um, but as I was thinking about it, I've never had that request with Giannis. Like, it's always been like, oh, what Jordans does Jabari have on tonight? What Jordans is Greg Monroe wearing? Um, I'm trying to think who else I've had before on that. Um, what 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 peak shoes is is deli wearing yeah what version of delis is deli wearing the delis um so like i've had those questions before but it's never been with Giannis. and in the article they said that he's exclusively worn the kobe x lows uh for the past two seasons and then they said that he doesn't even get like fresh ones like he just wears pretty much the same ones uh that he's got four simple pairs in black white white black green white and white green um in He said several star players wear a brand new pair for every game and his pairs show all the scuffs and creases because he wears them all the time. And as he was, as I was reading that, I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's totally, that's totally right. Like I've only seen those pairs of shoes and um, I don't know. it, It was just interesting. All the things that go into 
marketing shoes and figuring out the exact right person and figuring out exactly who should you sign to a shoe deal. And it was just funny that they're like, well, they wanted him to wear some new ones for the All-Star game and he he wore them, but then right before tip-off, he changed to a pair that he normally wears. And it, it was just funny. And then, like, they wrote something about how John Wall is kind of... I don't want to say damaged goods, but like he's already had marketing deals with other people and Reebok and Adidas both pushed him. And now he's trying to get another shoe deal, but there's no, I think what they say, like he doesn't have like a story to tell anymore. Um, and that like, Giannis, like Giannis has the cleanest slate because no one's done any like shoe marketing. And like all of this just, it's just such a, a strange world that I am not a part of. And I don't, really understand uh but yeah like Giannis is can be kind of a brand onto himself and uh, it doesn't really matter that he's in Milwaukee just as long as they can tell great stories with his shoes and uh figure out a way to make his hashtag brand strong so um I don't know it, it's it's re- again I was super fascinated as I was reading through it um and uh, yeah, I have no idea. It'll it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. And man, a, a Giannis shoe deal, like uh, be, being the biggest shoe free agent on the market. I I, I think that's a, a pretty safe bet for the next year or so. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. I want to say when I was like early in Glenn Robinson's career, I think he had a Reebok deal, and there was like a really half baked. I don't even know if it was a TV commercial. Maybe there was a TV commercial. Somebody tweet at me who remembers this. But I want to say Glenn Robinson had like a really like aborted, uh, abortive sort of uh, shoe pitching career before everybody realized that like nobody nobody cared what shoes Glenn Robinson wore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, now uh, I'm going to have to look it up. And if anyone yeah. knows, tweet it at us. Yeah. But um, well, I mean, and that was just a weird time. I mean, you had Grant Hill wore Fila's that Grant Hill was like the Fila yep. guy at that time. And, um, so, so anyway, yeah, weird, weird time back in the day when there were, there were actually like more than, I guess, I mean, well, I should, I was going to say there are only three brands, but I guess if you include the Chinese brands, um, what like leaning, I think clay Thompson and others are leaning and, and Delhi wears peak. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how huge of a brand Pete can be if, if Delhi is, is one of yeah. their main guys, but, yeah. um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it is a little bit of a, uh, a foreign uh, foreign thing to me the the whole the whole sneaker thing and how how into it people are as as someone who i mean i have like a pair of like nike fly knits that i like run in slash will occasionally like walk around in but i really don't have um i i can't even remember the last time i had basketball specific shoes like i have tennis tennis shoes and i've like just if i play basketball i'll just like play in those but um you probably have proper basketball shoes because as as we've discussed you would not only kill me in basketball, but you do have a legit playing background. Do you have a, a strong shoe preference, or have you kind of bounced around yourself? Are you are you a John Wall? Do you have a, are you out of stories to tell? Oh or, yeah, I don't I don't have any stories to tell anymore. Uh, the last pair I bought I bought. Let's see. I was at an Adidas outlet and I saw a pair of Lillard twos. Um, and they were going for forty bucks and. I think retail is like 120 on them. Uh, so they were all black, murdered out with a little red in them. And yeah, I, I, I scooped those up. And 
they're super comfortable and I really like them. So maybe I'm maybe I'm a Lillard guy now. I don't, I don't really know. Um, maybe that's the story that's currently being told. Uh, throughout my throughout my uh, <laughs> playing career, I think I was almost exclusively Nike. Um, I think my favorite basketball shoes of all time were Nike Hirachis. Uh, oh shoot, which version of them? The one I got them. I had them in 07. Whatever those Hirachis are, those are my favorite basketball shoes of all time. And if anyone knows a hookup for how I can get more, I would happily pay enough money for them um, because I love those shoes and would love to play basketball in them forever. Um, but that's a, I, that's a totally different topic. I had uh, I had Hirachis in I want to say seventh grade. So that would have been, I don't know, how old are you in seventh grade, like 12 or 13? That would have been like 1994. Okay. Okay. <laughs> those, those were those were some original Hirachis. I think I had some Jordans growing up too. And just the idea of me being, you know, like rando, like 90s kid wearing, you know, Jordans is just feels kind of embarrassing but um but yeah i i did not uh, i did not do those those shoes ever justice and now i'm just an old guy and i the one thing i will say when you go to vegas um to summer league there's always like a subset of um like middle-aged white dudes who cover the nba who like you don't want to watch play basketball but like they will walk around wearing like polo shirts and then like really flashy basketball shoes and you're just like, uh, dude, like that's just no. You shouldn't be wearing those <laughs> shoes, man. Like you're not good for you. You're, you're not. That's that's like 15 years ago at at best for you. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm just too wary of of being uh, of being that guy, I guess. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm, I think my my like flash my definitely my flashy basketball shoe days are uh, are over. And I will say. Um, I, I don't know. I'm 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 just I'm pretty boring now. I it's it's tough to if I'm not wearing like work clothes, I'm pretty much just wearing like like flip flops. I'm I'm just I can't even be bothered to put on like shoes you have to wear socks with. So um anyway, what one last thing before we go, uh you had uh something about Jabari Parker that you wanted to just mention, which was pretty cool. Sure. Um I again I just saw it randomly on Twitter tonight the weekend was kind of consumed by everything that happened in Charlottesville with the rally of the the neo-nazis and white supremacists that ultimately led to the murder of a protester by a Nazi who drove their car into a large group of people and all of the just kind of terrible stuff that happened there um, and now there's been different rallies in different cities and we've seen it kind of play out in different places and apparently Salt Lake City had a solidarity rally tonight um, and again obviously I don't I don't keep up with everything going on in Salt Lake City uh, but a, a couple people from there tweeted about it um, and there was one tweet that was like oh Jabari Parker is here and apparently Jabari Parker stepped up to the podium and actually spoke uh, at the solidarity solidarity rally um, in Salt Lake City so uh, just kind of cool that again Milwaukee has someone is socially conscious as Jabari and someone is willing to be socially conscious and i i guess some people would probably cynically say like oh that's his brand to be that but for a player not to worry about their brand and how that might affect their shoe deal or whatever else and to just be a, kind of a genuine person that cares about all of these issues and that's your barry parker so um, 
not not at all surprising to see him there and i guess at this point not really surprising to see him step up to the mic and speak at something like that yeah it's always interesting how jabari seems so much more at ease doing that kind of stuff like you know where he's yes. speaking to his community feeling like he's engaging with with young people and and on messages that are bigger than basketball and then you get him you know well you do not me because i don't bother and don't even want to go interview people in locker rooms but you you get jabari parker in locker rooms and um and not just you but everybody seems to have always a much harder time getting jabari to look like he actually wants to be there and talk about basketball um but you know it's it's always kind of funny how um, how he's he just seems so much more out of place doing that's doing basketball conversations and then talking about I don't know anything else um, so it's uh, yeah it's interesting but shout out to Jabari for uh, for you know having his eye on, on kind of the big picture and, and again um, you know one more reason to, to root for Jabari Parker the person and, and hope that the guy we see on the court can can have have all the success that you know you you already see him having off the court and the impact he's having off the court. So um, shout out Jabari. Hope that knee's feeling good and um, hopefully uh, hopefully everybody Jabari and everyone else has a, a healthy remainder of the summer, Giannis included. And uh, I don't know what are we? We're in mid August, so we're eh, two three weeks away from EuroBasket, and then another m- month. Uh, what October sixth is the preseason opener? Yep. So. Um, I don't know how many podcasts we have between now and the season opener, the preseason opener, but uh, still, still a bunch, I would say. And uh, I guess we'll see, uh, we'll see what's on up next for uh, for breaking news. Hopefully, no uh, emergency podcast related injuries, um, but we'll see what the Bucks have in store the rest of this week. I think we'll we'll have a reason for another podcast this week. Yeah, we've been talking about something, so I think we'll we'll have some pot. Oh yeah, we got it. We got a couple of conceptual podcasts. Yeah, we, we, we got some sure. stuff. Um, yeah, that's right. That's All right. right, so that's gonna be it for us for tonight on Locked On Bucks. That was Frank Madden. I'm Eric Name. This has been Locked On Bucks. As always. We'd appreciate it if you go out and subscribe because I, I feel like many of you do. Frank and I were talking about how people get our podcasts. Like, do they just go on Twitter? Do uh, they actually subscribe? I have no idea. But if you don't subscribe, that's the easiest way to get them every single day. Um, and I, I don't. I think there's any podcasting app that you want to use. You can use. I've never heard of anyone really having any problems with any specific app. So I think you should be able to to do that. Are we going to officially request this? Should we request some reviews on iTunes and maybe re- read some of those here in this summer, Frank? Yeah, let's get some five-star reviews. We are always appreciate it. Um, and obviously, if you have ideas, uh, subject matters, topics for uh, for the pod for us this summer, August is a great time to, to be taking requests. So uh, we'll probably do another mailbag soon. But uh, if people have any, any broader sort of ideas for podcasts, I think uh, we will do... We will do our uh, our Bucks. What do we want to call it? Scrimmage pick five on game. five pickup game. Um, yeah, uh, we'll we'll have that. We'll we'll draft. I some think teams we have to get creative and, on how to make it fair with Giannis. Uh, I, I'll give you the first pick. How about this? I'll give you the first pick. We, last year we flipped. I'll give you the first pick because I think I had the first pick last year. We'll we'll rotate it this year. So I'll I'll give you that advantage this year, and we'll we'll figure it out though. I, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not giving up hope. I, I think it's still okay. a chance. Sounds good. Uh, that's going to be it for us. We're going to get out of here. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you later.